Welcome to Stop Telling and Start Listening with David Cook. If you're frustrated with the way we are speaking or not speaking to each other, if you find yourself easily at odds in your conversations with people, this may be just the show for you. Listen in as David and his guests will help you elevate your communication skills and navigate the tensions present in many conversations today. Now, here is David Cook. Hey, happy Monday, everybody. Welcome to Stop Telling and Start Listening. I'm your host, David Cook. Um, as always, this is such a great way to start out a week. We get the opportunity to have great conversations with very interesting, exciting, passionate people. And today is no exception. Um, you know, one of the things that we are working on in this show is we talk about listening all the time and it's in different ways of listening, listening to our clients, listening to our kids, listening to you know, our in the inner voice. We have all those kind of different things that we listen to today. Um, I'm excited to have a guest on because Darcy, uh, Darcy Steiner, my guest, is going to talk more about um, a life journey that she's been on. But I think what makes her story so interesting is how in a very difficult physical, emotional situation, Darcy has chosen and makes a commitment to listening to the guidance of God in this situation. And what I love about the way she talks about that is, is that no matter how difficult the struggle, no matter how difficult the pain, no, how, no matter how challenging the distraction, she's looking at that. And she says, I know that there is something here for me. And I'm going to let Darcy tell that part of the story, but I'm very excited to have a, my guest on today because we're going to talk about listening from a different perspective. And so I'm really, really excited to have you on the show, Darcy. Thanks for joining us. Oh, thank you so much for having me today, Dave. I'm looking forward to our conversation. I me too. This is going to be good. You have such a great voice too. It's like I mean, you might have to steal my show because your voice is so soothing. <laughs> and, you know, you know when you when you say you're a speaker, uh, you know, inspirational speaker, and and stuff and uh, and stuff. I'm listening to your voice, going, yeah, you could be very inspiring because there's a soothing nature to it. Um, I like it. Thank you. <laughs> so. Um, you know, we're going to talk about a lot of different things. I have so many questions I want to ask you as you get into your story. But if if anybody knows my commitment to this show is, is that um, I may have some questions in my mind that I think are going to come up. But it really, this is uh, this is our conversation. You're going to take it where you take it. And we're going to learn from you um, as, as uh, you share your journey. So why don't we start there? Tell us a little bit about who you are, where you are, and why you're here. Well, thank you. So I live in Denver. Um, I'm a native. Uh, outside of four years that my husband and I lived in Los Angeles, uh, we have lived in Denver. And uh, I am married, have uh, two adult daughters and two grandchildren, one who is two and a half and one that is one and a half weeks old. Uh, so that's very fun. And they are local. So so we have a lot of fun there. Um, I am a speaker. I'm an author and I'm a nutritionist and mm. I am a disabled nutritionist. And what I mean by that is I have a condition called complex regional pain syndrome, CRPS for short. And what that is, is it's a nerve pain disorder that is excruciatingly painful. And when it's measured on a pain scale, it measures the highest pain one can feel. Mm -hmm. 
And so people who have CRPS are just in so much pain. And yes, I am right now. It's primarily in my feet. Um, I developed it in my hands as well, in my sides. And so I am very homebound and uh, I spend a lot of time writing because writing is my best analgesic. It just, it just is, you know, it gets my mind off my pain and it gives me something to do where I can give to other people. Mm. And uh, that, you know, when you're hurting, it's so easy to want to be selfish and just, you know, focus on yourself and your pain. But what actually ends up helping the most is when you turn your focus outward onto other people. And so that's why I do this. Um, mm. Because I have found it not only benefits me, it benefits other people. And so I do spend a lot of time listening to other people who are in pain uh, because there aren't a lot of ears that can understand the depth of pain that a lot of people go through. However, I can. Um, and that's unfortunate. And it's fortunate. There's there are blessings in that. You know, it's I was as you were talking about the pain um, and this kind of a in, in comparison, it's kind of a silly story. But last year in about October, I developed this pain in my chest and mm. I knew it wasn't, you know, intellectually, intuitively, I knew it wasn't my heart just because of the nature of things. I you know, checked my heart rate and stuff like that. I knew it wasn't my heart. I went to the doctor, doctor said, it's not your heart. But it got to the point where it went from my chest to my shoulder blade and it felt like somebody was jamming an arrow mm. through, through my shoulder, you know, my scapula back into my chest. And mm. I couldn't. I couldn't sit. I couldn't move. I couldn't lay down. I couldn't lay on my side. It was like awful. And to me, it was like this maximum, just amazing distraction. Yeah. And, um, you know, and, and I have a very high tolerance for pain. So when you talk about, you know, the highest level of pain, I, I'm not even sure I would give that a 10, but I would say in terms of my personal tolerance for pain, we were there. Wow. And so I can only, I guess when you say that, I'm trying to imagine myself in this situation. I don't know how I could, how I, I don't think I successfully distracted myself. You talk about looking outward, reaching outward, being a listener. I mean, I think I did that, but on a scale of one to 10, I felt like an effectiveness. I was a three because all I could think about was how much my shoulder hurt, <laughs> you know, fidgeting. And, Seriously. And, yeah. You know. So, I mean, uh, have you, it's kind of a stupid question, but how have you adapted to just being in that perpetual discomfort? Yeah, and it is a learning process. It's not like, oh, I'm injured. Oh, I have all this pain. And oh, I can, you know, turn this outward. And it's not constant either. You know, there are times where I can't do it. I have to pull back and I just have to take care of myself. But also taking care of myself is giving to other people. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I started slowly. And yes, I am a Christian. And I, I, I was just learning so much from the Bible and from God. I just felt like God was showing me these gifts in suffering. 
And so I started writing them down and uh, a book came out and I came up with 30 gifts that I felt like God was showing me. Um, and most of those, you know, for instance, like the gift of courage, um, mm-hmm. because when you are suffering through something, you have to be more courageous to face the next day than you were the previous day. So you grow in courage and it's a growing process. It's perseverance. You know, mm-hmm. you, how do you go on the next day when you feel like you can't go on anymore? Well, God gifted it to me and he continues to gift it to me day by day, moment by moment, really, uh, because it's just so painful and there's no cure. There's no cure for this, this syndrome. Mm-hmm. And that makes it difficult. But uh, yeah, I mean, other gifts are, you know, the gift of transformation the gift of direction. I'm going down a completely different road than I thought my life would go because pain just takes you in a different place. And so now I'm an author and speaker and I never thought that I would be that. And, um, you know, I was just a nutritionist and a pianist, uh, a piano teacher before. So, um, you know, God has taken me down a different road. So I am listening to him. I'm listening to where he takes me, and I pray every day um, the prayer of St. Francis. And uh, What prayer is that? Do you want me to say it? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Because you're assuming that we know or you're going to allow us to let it slip by. There's no chance. We're going to cover it. I would love to say it because this is what gets me through every day. Okay. So it's, Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me so love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. And where there is sadness, joy. O Divine Master, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled, but to console. To be understood as to understand. To be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. That's what gets me through. That's pretty powerful. There's a lot of juice in there. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You know, I was just like, I think I was trying to say, well, I wonder what I could remember that. It's like, no, I can't remember all of it. I'm going to have to look it back up. But um, that's really, really powerful. And so that, that, that prayer just sets you in the morning it, it 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 sets you in the right place and gets you moving in the moving forward essentially yeah it's a very outward focused unselfish prayer mm-hmm. and you know with the listening um help me you know to to understand people more than to want to be understood I don't think that's widely taught or accepted or practiced. And yet, when we try to understand other people more than we want to be understood, that's, you know, that's love right there. And that's listening. That's growing in trying to understand and explore with someone what they're going through. And going through what I've gone through has taught me 
that, you know, I'm not the only one going through this. There are people that are really suffering and need to be heard and want to be heard. And they're not, they're just simply not. And so we have to learn how to do that and put ourselves aside and just, you know, like, for instance, I have a blind friend and he's very lonely. He doesn't have friends and he calls me up. Uh, he's a podcaster. He calls me up just to chat. He needs someone to listen to him. And so he's blind. I do, you know, and I call up people that, that understand that, you know, listen to me and do the same thing for me. So I try to do it for others. Mm -hmm. You talked about a transformational journey. So tell me about, um, did the transformational journey begin with this, um, you know, you, you kind of glossed over a little bit, um, but you know, you've, cause you've been going through this pain experience for many, many, many years, but um, did it start with, you engaging in this massive readjustment to dealing with this uh, CRPS or CPRS? Did I get, which one was C great? Yeah, CRPS. CRPS. So it began when I fell down the stairs in our home um, in the year 2000. I fell down the stairs and CRPS crept in. It's a result of another injury. And sometimes people get it after surgery or that kind of thing. So I was bedridden for two years in a wheelchair for three. And wow. during the time that I, well, I almost died, actually, when I was bedridden in 2001 or two. Um, and I, I went to so many doctors that could not figure out what was going on. And, uh, so I kind of withdrew from that and began studying nutrition at the advice of my counselor. She's like, you know, let's figure this out because your life is dependent on it. So I started reading five minutes per day when I could sit up and I found a protein drink recipe and my husband made it and I, I started gaining some weight uh, I had, I was malnourished because when you are in so much pain, you can't eat. It is very difficult to eat when you are hurting. So drinking calories, I discovered was easier than eating them. Mm -hmm. And uh, so after, you know, six years, I, I studied for six years and I ended up earning my master's degree in holistic nutrition. And Dave, I healed. I he God used good food to heal my body. And for nine years, I had a reprieve from pain and I was able to walk. I was able to hike. I was able to teach sport nutrition at the local high school. Um, it was a normal life for me. And then it re-triggered at my daughter's wedding. Um, in 2018, a chair fell and hit my foot and re-triggered the CRPS. And I'm like, you have got to be kidding me. Yeah, that would have been my reaction. <laughs> you have got to be kidding me I, again. Like, yeah. God, you are having me go through this again. What didn't I learn the first time? 
But there were things that I did not learn the first time. And I am at a place where I can say, I am grateful for the things that I'm learning. And yes, I desire to walk. I desire to, my husband went for a walk today and I'm like, I wish I could go with you, but I can't, I can't, you know, I can do other things, but I can't walk. And so of course I want to do that, but I'm embracing other things that I'm learning and doing that I wouldn't have done if it weren't for this accident and the CRPS. Yeah. That's really powerful. So what, uh, tell me, um, tell me about like the, one of the times where you just like had one of these eye-opening epiphical kind of things where, you know, cause you're writing, I'm like an assumption you're writing about these 30 lessons, but Mm-hmm. Tell me about the time one of these lessons just popped in your head and how it arrived and, you know, what you did with it. Sure. So, okay. My feet were what was injured, but because I couldn't stand, I injured my hand, my hands by transferring my body with my hands to the chair, to the commode to the bed. And so my hands gave out and developed the CRPS as well. So I am no longer a pianist. I can't play the piano Mm. anymore, which is heartbreaking. And my doctor doesn't know if I'll regain my hand functionality again um, to be able to do that. However, I can type. So, you know, I'm writing. (laughs) I know. Well, it's so much easier to press keys on a on a keyboard well on my on my laptop than it is to press down the keys on the piano and to move your fingers in all these different ways to do chords so anyway i went to the hospital to the er and uh that they didn't know what to do with me i couldn't use my hands i couldn't use my feet and uh they let me stay for one night and sent me home they sent me home and the next night this is the story so the next night i'm begging my husband take me back take me back i need to go back to the hospital they need to do something for me i was in so much pain i felt like my hands and my feet were pierced i just oh i couldn't take it and he said honey they are not going, they're just going to send you home. They're not going to admit you. They're not going to give you medicine, you know, again, because people do that. People go keep going repeatedly just to get medicine. So they're not going to keep doing that for you. So I said, okay, I'm just going to lay back in the recliner, which I did. And he went to the office. He needed a break from me. I said, I'm just going to be alone with God and you go do whatever. So I laid back in the recliner and I prayed, I prayed and what came into my mind. So this is the listening part. What came into my mind were these verses that I had memorized and some many, many years ago that I didn't even know that I remembered. And so I said those out loud. And so I felt like God was talking to me. You know, I would pray to him 
And then I would say these verses like as a response from him. Mm. And then I'd pray and then more verses would come into my mind. So I would say those. And I felt like I was having this back and forth conversation with God, you know, like on this night that was so hard for me, so painful, became one of the most enlightening best days of my life because I felt this experience with God. Mm. I felt like he showed up and I listened. I listened to what he had to say. And then I said what I felt like he was saying through his word, uh, Mm -hmm. through these memory verses. And so I could never repeat that. You know, that night Mm. has never been repeated, but it's an occasion where I felt like He's showing me something and this needs to be shared, you know, and we just need to listen. And when we're going through something, there is a verse that will help. And there's a lot of proverbs about listening. Um, There are many proverbs, you know. um, You said there is a verse that would help. And like the prayer, which one, which one would you, which one do you want to drop on us? Okay. Um, I told you you could go there. <laughs> I know, I know. Okay, so I can I share a couple? Yeah, well, can I can I just say something to my audience really quick? Here is, is that um, you know when I when I entered when I uh, our Darcy and I talked maybe about three weeks ago, and she said, "Dave, can I talk about my faith?" I said, "Absolutely." I said, and the reason I'm doing this and to my audience because I don't know where you guys as an audience are on your faith journey, and mm-hmm. that's not really the point. The point right. is to give everybody an opportunity to learn from other people's experiences. So this isn't like, you know, Hey, I'm driving religion down your throat because that's not what this is about. I'm curious as to Darcy's learning experience. She's talking to me about her learning experience and I'm sharing this with you. So, you know, just everybody, I kind of put this in context. I am dying to understand all this stuff. So that's why I'm encouraging her to go there. So you have, you know, just everybody understands this isn't Dave getting on a soapbox about religion. This is Dave saying, let's, let's learn from somebody who has really cool experience. So anyway, there, I put a little anecdote on that. Yeah. And if I may say back to you, Dave, you are a great listener (laughs) and you are, you're discovering this, you're practicing what you're preaching. So anyway, just wanted to say that, but yeah. A couple of um, listening proverbs are the way of a fool seems right to them, but mm-hmm. the wise listen to advice. And, you can you can say that one again. Go ahead. Okay. The way of a fool seems right to them, but the wise listen to advice. Mm-hmm. That's Proverbs 12, 15. Uh, here's Proverbs eighteen thirteen, to answer before listening, that is folly and shame. Hmm. Aren't those great? Yeah, the second one I can relate to because I feel like I'm dealing with a you know that's that's a great one to give to a salesperson, right? <laughs> it is yeah. folly. It is folly you know, to say something without listening first. You know, I'm just like yeah, wouldn't you, don't you wish more salespeople just would shut up and listen? You know, yeah. and that's what it says. It's folly. You're wasting your time until you start listening. Yeah, you know, it's foolishness to not listen. It is. And so, yeah, you're wasting everybody's time, including your own, mm-hmm. you know. And and so it, when when you, and these things were 
they were embedded in your brain from years of from just the, your life journey in the first place, and they showed up. Yes, they showed up in a moment. Your 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 dark one of your darker moments, deepest most dark you know moments, and they started popping in your head. And you said, "Somebody's speaking to me." Yeah. So there's there's another verse that says, "Write write these words on the tablet of your heart." And so I took that to heart and memorized scripture. And I, you know, it it came at a time where I couldn't open my Bible to read it. It just came to me when I needed it. And I think that's the value of memorizing those things or memorizing quotes, you know, that are helpful. But it came at a time when I I desperately needed it. And so yeah, my life journey has been reading the word and practicing it, trying to practice it as best as I can. Um, you know, we all fail at things that we try, but, you know, we get back up and we start trying again. And so, you know, sometimes the or lessons that your your mom or dad taught you or something, you know, come at just the right time. And so... That's, that's what, what worked did. for me. Yeah. yeah, you said, "Yep, I'm, I'm, I'm looking for something," and just like that, something showed up. Yes. Yeah, and he goes, "There's, there's my father, giving yeah. me, giving me exactly what I need." And I, I could see then from there, you have that experience. <laughs> it cements everything that you've been told your whole life, right? That God's always there. Your father is always there. He's got you. You know, he, he knows your story. He knows your journey. He knows where this is going to go. Mm-hmm. Um. And you, that's when you embraced that moment more than anything was like, yeah, this I've, now I'm experiencing this truth in, in a very real way before mm-hmm. it was like a lot of lessons and stories and stuff like that. And you believed it to be true, but in some respects, this took it to a different level. Oh, it did. And it wasn't even me planning yeah. it, taking it. It just, it happened. And, uh, so I was just super grateful and I'm like, I, I have to share this because there's so much value in it. I mean, there is the listening, there's the practicing what you believe, there's giving, you know, I mean, there's praying. It was like, you know, he didn't answer me audibly, but he answered me through his word, you know? Mm -hmm. So anyway, I'm just very grateful for that one experience. And there have been many others that, uh, that I put in the book and just, you know, there's just so many. Um, so grateful. That's awesome. All right. Well, when we come back from break, we're going to talk a little bit more about the book. Um, but anyway, this has been, you know, believe it or not, we're halfway through the interview already. Darcy, they said, told you it goes fast. It does. But um, when we come back from this, we'll talk a little bit about Darcy's book. And there are some other things that popped in my head as I was listening to Darcy speak. So take a break and uh, we'll be back soon. Talk to you later. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. We are living in a time where a relentless commitment to opinions and beliefs are dividing communities and fracturing crucial relationships. Making ourselves right and those who disagree with us wrong leaves little room for engaging in a constructive learning dialogue there is little opportunity to change minds, find common ground, or solve complex problems. 
Those who are not being heard or understood become angry, hurt, lost, isolated, alone, and more. While mental health-related issues are on the rise, too few know how to safely share their struggles, and far too many don't know how to care about those that do. While it is increasingly frustrating to experience an increase in this communication divide, there is hope, and according to David Cook, there is an answer. The answer lies in how we adjust our communication style and shift our listening behaviors. In his radio show, Stop Telling and Start Listening, host David Cook introduces his audiences to the power found in creating a safe place for sharing life perspectives and experiences without judgment, criticism, correction, or shame. There are tremendous opportunities in learning to see the world from the eyes of another. Join David on Mondays at 11 Pacific. Discover how shifting your listening behaviors will close the divide that exists between you and others in your community. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You're listening to Stop Telling and Start Listening. Have a question for David or his guests? Join us on the show at 888-346-9141. That's 888-346-9141. Or you can email Dave at dave at thecookgroupllc.com. Now, back to the show with David. And we're back. This is David Cook with Darcy Steiner, and you are listening to Stop Telling and Start Listening. Uh, when we went to break, Darcy was uh, sharing the story. A couple things jumped out, but we're going to talk about our book in, in about 30 seconds. But something that uh, kind of ironic, um, and I think this is a great lesson. I'm going to share this, you know, as a lesson for me, is um, Darcy shared how she um, loves to play the piano. She's a pianist. She's a piano teacher. Um, obviously, uh, for those who have the gift, uh, an artistic gift, um, we celebrate those all the time. Imagine if it's taken away. Um, how we would respond to that. But it's interesting how Darcy said, I can't play the piano, but I can type on a computer. And so she, you know, I'm hearing that's called adaptive learning. She's okay, what can I learn to do? Because I can't do this. You know, that's how I, that's how I felt it. And I love that because a lot of times we say the only way for me to be happy is, and when you lose that, you choose not to be happy or you live in the pain of what was taken away. And what I heard from Darcy is, as I, she discovered an opportunity to do something different in the loss, which became the gift. Is that fair? So well said. Oh my gosh. I'm glad that's recorded. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, you know, sometimes stuff pops in the right order. Thank you. But I, I, it's a great lesson because, you know, I, I, I can think of things, you know, like, oh, I wish I could. Right. And then I get a little bitter, a little angry. And, you know, eventually after a while I shift gears, but I don't know that I celebrate it. Um, as an opportunity, it's for me, it's more like a victory. I overcame my disappointment. I found something else. And I don't know that I see the the something else as a gift or an opportunity. It's more like survival. And mm. I love how you spun it and said, but I can still write. I and that's a, that's a gift. It's an opportunity. Mm-hmm. So in your writing, mm-hmm. you wrote a book with, I think the book is about the 30 lessons. Is that really what it is? Tell us a little bit about your book. It is. It's called Beauty Beyond the Thorns. And the subtitle is Discovering Gifts in Suffering. Mm -hmm. So uh, the beauty beyond the thorns, you'll have to discover in the book. But uh, Mm -hmm. 
The discovering gifts and suffering, yes, I do outline 30 gifts similar to the one that I described above, um, you know, below, (laughs) before. You're thinking like a you're thinking like a writer now. Above, I below, yeah, which paragraph are we in? I do I say that a lot. <laughs> That's funny, the writer part coming out. But yeah, I think what you how you described it, Dave, was great. Adaptive learning. Um, I learned that I could be a writer instead of a pianist, that I could write a book instead of teach piano lessons. Um and so I love typing. I love typing because I love playing the piano. And uh, so I didn't realize I was writing a book. I was just writing a blog. And then I began seeing similarities and they were gifts. They were gifts that I was being given, that I was being shown. And so then when I put them together, it was amazing. It was like, this looks like a book. And so I took a writing course online. This was during COVID Mm -hmm. and Bob Goff was teaching an online writing class. And he can write. And he can write. And I, I love Bob Goff. He's one of my favorite authors and it was inexpensive. And so, and I got to talk to him and he actually endorsed my book. Oh, that's really cool. I was so grateful. Yeah. Yeah. And he doesn't endorse a lot of books. So it was just like, that oh, was a gift. Oh, with a man of that magnitude, if he starts doing one, he has to, he probably feel like he has to do them all. So he, uh, that, that is a great, that is a great gift to give back to you like that. Yeah. And he told me at first, he said, don't tell anybody. Well, now <laughs> but, everybody knows. But no, but then I met him in person last October and I said, do you still want me to keep it quiet? And he goes, you can tell anybody. So otherwise I wouldn't be saying it right now. But he said, you can do whatever you want with that endorsement. So I'm like, yes, because I love that guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so the book um, is has been, you know, a dream come true, actually, from long ago. I never knew that it would come to fruition. But then I wrote a study guide and uh, looked like this could be useful for Bible studies, for recovery groups, for book clubs. And each of those I have learned have used them. And I have actually used it uh, and taught a Bible study through it at my church Mm. uh, with a study guide. And that was really fun. uh, Because I went through the study guide for the first time myself as not the writer, but the one who was learning. And uh, it was helpful. And so if you do get the book right now, I have my study guide. If you go to my website and you sign up for my newsletter, you get the study guide for free and uh, it's, you can download it for free. And uh, so I think Dave will have a link to my website as long as, you're telling it, as long as you're talking about it, share it really quick. What's your website? Okay. It's just my name. So it's Darcy Steiner, no, Darcy J Steiner.com. So it's Darcy with an I D A R C I J Steiner, S T E I N E R.com. Perfect. Yeah. I will put in some of our information, but yeah, that's good to know. Um, 
sounds to me like the book was in you. You just didn't think of yourself as an author until you had to think of yourself as a former pianist. I, you know, I don't know how that transformation happened other than pain brought mm-hmm. me there. It mm-hmm. was a pain journey and it shifted me so suddenly. But yes, writing is my analgesic and I'm almost done writing another book um, about the Psalms. And it's really, it's been so fun. I've been working on it for a year and a half. And I overlay the psalm with the history of the psalm. What's the backstory of that psalm? Because a lot of people don't know, you know, what, why was this psalm written? What does it mean? Who wrote it? You know, what, what were they experiencing when they wrote it? Mm-hmm. And it's been such a journey for me because I also enjoy research. And uh, so I've done a lot of research, read a lot of books and uh, have learned a lot more about the Psalms. And uh, so that I'm going to be querying soon, um, hopefully in the next couple of weeks and try to get that picked up. So that's great. That's great. So I have a um, interesting, this is um We'll call this a selfish question. Um, you know, I've been on kind of a roller coaster faith journey myself, but my biggest frustration right now, biggest challenge, I say biggest challenge, there are so that's full disclosure, there's a whole bunch. But my biggest <laughs> challenge is, is that, um, and I had this long conversation with my mom on Thursday or Friday last week, is I you're you're hearing God. Um Yes, I've had experiences where I could say, you know, that's something I've never experienced before. And and it really what led to a transformation in my life. I was in a place where I was like quiet and lost and didn't know what to do. And all of a sudden, just literally a voice popped in my head. So you need to ride your bike more. And, you know, mm-hmm. people have listened to the show before. I understand the story. It's like, what do you mean read my bike, my, ride my bike more? Well, you know, when you get up and you ride, you do this, you know, life is better. Yeah, you're right. What do I need to do? And I literally had a conversation with myself. And, you know, depending on, you know, where I am in my in my journey, because I am a little waffly on God and stuff like that. And I'll confess that. But mm-hmm. um, when I was confident that God... <laughs> who God was in my life. I said to people, I said, that that's the Holy Spirit showing up and having a chat with me mm. because it led me down a path that completely changed my life. Right. So, so my, but the, you know, I can point to that and say, yeah, I had that experience where, but when we're, you know, the kind of day-to-day thing and you talk about listening, you know, I got to say that the last couple of years, one of the, my gigantic, most gigantic frustrations is, is that I don't know that I'm always I don't know that I'm hearing what I, I don't know that I'm hearing anything. I feel like there are times where I'm looking for something and I feel crickets are the, what I'm hearing as opposed to something else. How do you, how do you navigate? Have you, have you been, had that experience where you just kind of like, Oh, there's nothing here for me today. Or has it always been something? Oh my gosh, Dave, that is the message of the Psalms so much. (laughs) I mean, I've just been, I've just been researching this and the psalmists cry out so often, where are you, God? How much longer? You know, I can't hear you. And yes, I have definitely heard the silence. And I have definitely given the silence. Uh, when I have not understood God, I have I have silenced him. 
but I have also searched and searched and wondered, when are you going to show up? You know, what direction do you want me to go? And when this first happened, the second time, it was like, wow, I don't know if I can trust you. Yeah, you know, and I don't know that I want to listen anymore. That's where that's where I am right now, to be yeah. honest. So, okay. so tell me, you know, How this I is this, yeah, this is the obviously. Hey, audience, sorry, this is about me right now. But anyway, <laughs> hopefully you'll get something. But tell me how you tell me how you did it. How you how you navigated through that? Well, you know, something was revealed to me, and that was. My prayers were really like, quote unquote, genie prayers, like rub the bottle, you know, do this for me, do that for me, you know, can I have this? Can I have that? Do this for me. And so that was going on. And I was like, you know, I'm just going to stop praying for a while. Well, so I stopped praying for a while and I learned that prayer doesn't have to be like that. And so then I started saying to God, the things that were in the Bible, um, like you are such and such, you are a good God, even in hard times, you are. And so I started saying the you are's and mm. telling him who he is. And that helped transition me into believing it again and seeing it in the Bible. Yes, there were a lot of silent times that the people went through. I mean, everybody who suffered has heard the silence. That's not unique to anyone. We've all heard the silence. And that's a part of God allowing us to work through our feelings and he gives us the freedom to follow him. He doesn't force us. He gives us freedom. And I chose in that moment to follow. I chose to follow. And then I began seeing. It wasn't hearing. It was seeing. Oh, gosh, this is really helping my relationship with my dad because I can understand his suffering better because of what I'm going through. So that's a gift. And, oh, my friend Barb, her back hurts. And she's offering to take me to see my dad. That's a gift. I have a new friend. Oh, and the list goes on and on, you know gratitude. I started seeing, well, first I thought as I was sitting by my bedroom window for, for two whole months, I sat by my window and I'm watching people walk on the path behind our house. And I'm like, oh, thanks God. Thanks for this view. You know, they're thanks all, the, they, thanks for the reminder. Yeah. They all get to walk. And you know what? I bet they're not even grateful. Thank I bet they're granted. not I bet they're not even thinking about what a gift it is for the ability to walk. Mm -hmm. And if I could just go pick up the dog do in the yard, I would be happy. I, you know, I would be so happy if I could pick up the dog do. Perspective changed me. Mm. 
and it made me more grateful for the things that I do have. And I realized if I'm not grateful for what I have and I lose those things, wow, I'm really in trouble, you know? So be grateful for the things that I still have. Mm-hmm. And I have an amazing husband. I can't think about the things I don't have and forget what I do because my husband is amazing and I have amazing children and grandchildren. And so, you know, my gratitude list got me through, Mm -hmm. you know, being grateful for what I have. And then God showed me more of what to be grateful for. You know, he's given me the ability to type. No, I can't play the piano, but yes, I can type. I'm super grateful that I have that ability. And if that's taken away, I will adapt because I've learned that, yes, we can adapt. We're very adaptable. Look at children. If you want to learn how to adapt, look at children. I mean, Mm -hmm. they're resilient. They're adaptable. Like, you know, they just do what what they need to to get through and they have short memories and they have short memories they're forgiving yeah they're forgiving yeah that's true and i like like the way you started out with this though is is it was it was the words of affirmation um and you know the the you are you are this is what i know to be true you are you are you are and as you're saying those you know obviously um you're not making those up you're declaring um, ex- outwardly, but you're declaring inwardly what is true. Yes. So you're saying, as I'm saying these things, I'm embracing these things. I'm embracing mm-hmm. the truth about what I'm sharing. And then that shifts your focus um, away from um, the negative energy, whatever it is toxic, causing you pain, focusing you on something other than, outwardly other than the truth that will get you through. Right. Those affirmations became my anchor Mm -hmm. and they're still my anchor Mm -hmm. because if I don't have that, I mean, I'm shifting, I'm changing. I need something bigger and stronger than me. Mm -hmm. I I just, I, if it were up to me, I can't, I can't get through life by myself. I need an anchor. I need someone who knows how to navigate this path for me and I will follow. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm fo- I'll follow if you if you show me. And he is silent sometimes and so I just I wait. But waiting is part of it, you know? The <laughs> All maybe the- maybe maybe for a less patient person or you know more patient person and you know I don't know I'm off the scale in impatience I guess I want I want everything now maybe that's part of my challenge it's what I want um, but yeah so the uh you know the wandering uh Israelites in the wilderness they they had to wait for the promised land for 40 years yeah. You know, so literally you, walked around in circles. <laughs> they did. They could, if they were taken in a direct path instead of a, a, you know, round and roundabout, it would have taken less time. But there was a reason. God has a reason. And so I trust his reasoning because he's shown me he's trustworthy. And so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm in, you know, I'm in. And, there's things, there's times, you know, I've been in and I've been out 
when I've been upset with him or angry, you know, but that's okay. He can handle that. And he knows, he knows this is hard. He knows this is extremely hard to have excruciating pain all the time. So he can handle it. He he can handle my hard feelings when I'm angry at him, when I'm depressed, you know, he He's my father. I have a relationship with him, and this has deepened my relationship with him more than my cruise control days. <laughs> my cruise control days, I'm not dependent on anyone, you know, I'm just, you know, doing my thing. But you know what? I didn't, I wasn't closer to God then. I'm closer to God than I've ever been, and I'm in deep suffering, you know, but he suffered. So we connect there. We connect in suffering. Hmm. And I think a lot of people connect with him more in suffering than in cr- on cruise control days. True. So, yeah, it was an old saying I used to hear a long time ago. And it wasn't, it's not really a spiritual one, but it's adversity teaches us lessons we wouldn't be willing to teach ourselves. Yep. Right there. You know, and so you're right. When light, when you know, a, a team that always wins doesn't know how to lose, and they, you know, they learn the most when they lose. They don't learn the most when they keep winning. Mm-hmm. You know, and you know, success teaches us how to be successful, but it doesn't teach us how to deal with failure. And that's where the lessons are um, is in the struggle, in the challenge. Um, you know, so I, yeah, I, I get that. It's it's funny because we all go, oh, I hate this when this happens. True, we hate it. But what you're saying is, is that when you find yourself in that moment, it's okay. What's what's here for me now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's you know I used to be a perfectionist, and I still struggle trying to be a perfectionist. Used to be. I don't believe you used <laughs> to be. You just have a different way of playing it out now. But. Yeah, I mean, you know, I just hold things more loosely. Than I did. Yeah. I realize I'm in less control than I thought. Right. It, it's not all up to me. And so some of this pressure is off. You know, I don't have to do things perfectly. I don't have, you know, if I blow a speaking gig, it's okay. You know, I tried, I did my best. And it, so it's okay to not, and Brene, Brene Brown taught me that, uh, you know, the gift of what was what's her book um oh she has so many i stopped with yeah. the wilderness she's written two since i need to read her again yeah but anyway it's something about um the gift gifts of perfection i think it's called mm. gifts of perfection sounds about right yeah and so she taught me it's okay to not be perfect and mm. that's why i started blogging was i was afraid to say something wrong you know, or to offend someone or, and then I read her book and I'm like, okay, I'm going for it. I'm just going to write, you know, I'm just going to write what comes out. And so, you know, there's, there's different people that teach us along the way, you know, Mm -hmm. how to, how to navigate. And so if we listen and learn and do things that people who have traveled this road before us, we don't have to we don't have to reinvent the wheel. You know, we can just keep traveling and learning from other people and 
that's that's what I'm trying to do. And and uh, there's a lot of people to learn from. There's a lot to learn from people who are disabled, honestly. Mm-hmm. If you listen to disabled people, they are wise people. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I realize we had to go. Um, um, so I'm going to close with a quick thought. But my mom, my, my mom married a guy who um, had a stroke like at 35. And it completely, he was, he was active. He was athletic. He was, you know, a professor in college and all that stuff at a college. And as a result of his stroke, um, he ended up paralyzed on one side and then he developed stuff with um, not tremors. What's the other word um, anyway? Um, but anyway, he, it just completely changed his life. Mm. And he went from 35 to 85 fast. I mean, he just, you know, he aged twice as fast as the rest of us. Man, never once complained. Wow. Never once quit doing the things that he wanted to do. He just, back to the adapted, he adapted to it. And I thought, they looked at this guy, because it was like, you could tell he didn't have the ability to do things he wanted to do, but that didn't, he didn't care. He's going to do them because he wants to do them. He's, and he doesn't complain that he can't do them. He's going to figure out a way to do them the best of his ability in the moment. And I always just thought, gosh, you know, if I lost those things, I know that I would really stink at at that transition. And I was impressed with him for that because he didn't and and he never gave up until he died. But that's, you know, that's not giving up. That's the end of that's the end of term, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I just that really struck me. And I and I love your story. Um I hate to see that we have to go because this was so much fun. But um DarcyJsteiner.com and the book was again something beyond thorns. Let me get this right. Beauty Beyond the Thorns, Discovering the Gifts and Suffering. Um, and I just think this is really awesome. I, I'm so grateful we had this talk. Um, personally, it was perfect timing because God and I have uh, not spoken much. He's probably talked to me and I haven't been listening. So I really appreciate the timing of our conversation. Mm-hmm. You've given me a lot to think about. And I hope that uh, my audience, this audience as well, has benefited from it. Thank you so much, Darcy. Thank you so much. I've I've had such a great time. Dave, thanks. This is cool. All right. For everybody else, we'll be back next week. Remember, open your heart, open your eyes, open your ears. Because once you start listening, everything changes. Have a great week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Stop Telling and Start Listening. We hope you've picked up on some useful ideas to help you enhance your conversational skills. Until we listen again, have a beautiful week.